and welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, and life itself. We're your hosts, Helge Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sita Rani Palomar. Our show host, Sita, a few months ago, came into the studio all excited with a new coffee cozy, one of those protections for hot coffee usually made out of cardboard or paper. This one was made out of cotton, and it said life jacket on it. And we learned that there was an entire world behind this simple little cotton coffee sleeve. So today's show is all about economic empowerment. We're telling you the story of life jackets, life jackets for disparity, actually, here today on An Organic Conversation. Yeah, I was really excited when I saw this because I love gifts that have double meaning, right? So it's something that's really innovative and fun for the person who receives it, but it also gives back in some way. And when I saw these, I just thought, how brilliant. I want to know the story. I want to share the story. And I want to know what else they're doing. And so it's such a great opportunity for us to have them on the show today. Yeah, but I have actually one complaint. I was actually in the river last week in Boise, and I... uh, I had a couple of them on, and I sank. They didn't hold me up one bit. Yeah, they didn't hold you up, but they are doing wonders in this world. That sweet little organic coffee cozy heat protector. Yes, it is a life jacket for many, maybe not for Mark, but for many. And we'll hear all about that in a minute. What's going on in the world of green living and sustainability? That wonderful weekly update. They can determine new owl species by the uniqueness of their call because no owl learns how to sing. They know it genetically. I love love that. And I love the fact that we still find new species, Lily, every week, right, on this planet. That's so wonderful. You think that with cameras everywhere, this is pretty much figured out, but not so. It's a big world of wonder still out there. And the voice, yeah, we are all musicians, actually. We're all singers here in the studio in one way or another. And the power of voice, didn't we know it already? Yes. Well, one of the things that I think is really fascinating about this is it makes me recall that so many people who do get into music are maybe a little insecure about what their voice sounds like, but it's really the uniqueness that makes you stick with something. When I think about some of the most listened to artists, people like Stevie Nicks and Gwen Stefani, their voices are very unique. And so that's why people keep going back to their voices. (laughs) Yeah, beauty is, you know, we've been born before the wind. It's relative of, (laughs) and I think, you know, Van Morrison is one of the... Is that who that Absolutely. was? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yes. I, I thought he was in the studio. I love it. Yeah, beauty is relative. Yeah. And some of the most characteristic voices are not necessarily beautiful in a stereotypical beauty. Yeah. Mm. And, and we Very are... Cool. And, and I, the uniqueness of the owl is fascinating <laughs> to me because I find that occasionally in my travels I'll listen to books on tape and there could be someone... I could have read the book and then be listening to it again. And, oh, so true. And someone could be reading it, and it actually makes it better for me. Yes. Or someone could be reading it, and I won't even continue to listen to it. Yeah. Someone was reading to me the other night, and I realized that I was just as much connected to the voice as I was to what I was hearing. Yeah, almost doesn't matter. Go Owls. Exciting. Yeah, wonderful. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And, and, and Van Morrison is not in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but you would think he is. But coming up is our show about economic empowerment. Literally, we're talking about life jackets for disparity in this case, only here on An Organic Conversation. That and more when we come back. Stay tuned. <laughs> Ooh, 
And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Wilkehi. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic today is economic empowerment, life jackets for disparity. 80% of the world's population lives off of less than $10 a day, and 50%, half of the world's population, lives off $1 a day. $1 a day. That's $30 a month. If we leverage just the minimal amount of the world's wealth to reach the underserved populations across the globe, much could be changed in regard to poverty and medical support without any billion-dollar initiatives and fundraising efforts. So the question is, can we create micro-businesses, opportunities that may seem benign from the outside but actually change everything for the people that are involved? Yes, we can. And the founder of the organization, Comfort the Children International, Zane Wildman, has an amazing story to tell about how something as simple as a coffee sleeve can change the world. Zane is joining us today from Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show. I'm with you. Thanks, Helga. I appreciate the <laughs> Wholeheartedly. Good singing, by the way. <laughs> what was that? That's a good singing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was actually... Did you really think that was Billy, Van Morrison, that was, Zane? No, that was Billy yeah, Joel. <laughs> Zane, you founded CTC International, Comfort the Children International, in 2000, in the year 2000. Can you tell us, before we talk about the work you're involved in now, what prompted you? You were literally on a one-way ticket into foreign territory. Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought going to Africa would be something that I would ever, I would ever do. And I was graduating from the University of Kansas and was supposed to go on to medical school. And, you know, I was kind of asking myself the questions a lot of people are asking when they're finishing up school. What is life all about? Um, what do I believe in? And one of the questions I was asking is, who would I be if somebody dropped me in the middle of nowhere and had no expectations from family, friends, society? Uh, just who would I be? Would I be the person I've been living as, you know, for the previous years or would I be somebody totally different and one of the things I really thought I believed in was that I wanted to help people but I never actually spent any time helping anyone <laughs> so it's after a lot of prayer and conversations with friends and family you know, end up taking the plunge and went with this organization called Africa Inland Mission and bought a one-way ticket to Kenya and then arriving there what did you find that actually answered some of the questions for you in the long run but that was such a shocking life-changing revelation that actually it made you start the organization you're now leading yeah i mean i you know grew up in suburbia in texas and uh, had never really been exposed to developing world poverty um, of that scale and one day i went down with a group of doctors and nurses to a, a nearby orphanage um, in a town called Mai Maihu. And we were going to go see some of the children at the orphanage and distribute some food. And I remember that day was in October. And meeting those kids and seeing the conditions just rocked me in a way that I, it's really hard to explain unless you've experienced something like that yourself. And just seeing that type of poverty and seeing the conditions that people were living in yet miraculously the level of hope and sense of joy that they were living within just rattled me. And I remember going back up to my house that evening and 
um, everything changed that day for me. I knew that this was something I needed to be involved in and something you know, that I would find myself committing my life to. I didn't realize to the, what capacity I'd be committing my life to it, but it was just seeing those conditions, seeing the lack of opportunity, yet the incredible spirit of the people in Kenya that set me on my course. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helber. I'm Mark Wilkehi. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And with us from Austin, Texas is Zane Wildman, who founded in the year 2000 the organization Comfort the Children International. Yes. So Zane, what then translated into creating CTC International? Uh, basically, I mean, you know, I bought that one-way ticket and ended up living in Kenya for about a year. And I came back to the, to the States. Well, I actually extended my, my two-hour uh, two layover to two-month layover and just backpacked around Europe and trying to wrap my head around what I had experienced. And coming back, you know, I was talking with friends and talking with Jeremiah, who was actually running Jeremiah Kuria, who was the director of the orphanage that I went into that day in 2000, back in October. And we just became the best of friends. We would have lunch every Thursday while I was in Kenya. And through those conversations, those just really stuck with me when I came back from from Kenya in 2001. And both of us, the word opportunity uh, just kept coming back and back into our conversations. And we both knew we wanted to do something together. We we had become friends. And it was like, well, what, what could we do? We wanted to build something around providing opportunity for the people in the community of Mai Mai Hue. So what is it that CTC International is, is now addressing? What what are the programs that you guys have created in this uh, support initiative. Yeah, we've we talked about in the beginning about the life jacket, the the little coffee sleeve protection from the heat, but you do much more and also life jacket. What does life stand for? It stands for livelihood, invest, future and empower. And really, you know, see to your question about how do we decide to start something? It really opportunity and power. Um, really what we're addressing in all of our programs uh, focus on the element of power. And so much of poverty um, is a result of people being in position, born into positions of powerlessness. And so what we started realizing is we needed to do something in a holistic fashion to address the multitude of needs surrounding people living in poverty. And that's where all of our programs now are in the areas of education, environment, economy, health, and community. I love that it's so much more than donation and giving back monetarily, but to really empower the people. I mean, I think that that's, that's, a, that's a new way to create systems of support and a lasting way. Exactly. Exactly. And it, a lot of it came very, I mean, appropriately named from your show, but very organically. Jeremiah empowered my life. The conversations that we had, his sharing his life, you know, my going to Kenya just hungry for something and wasn't quite sure what. And from people like Jeremiah and others in the community taking the time to be with me, allowing me to search out myself. They empowered me to become the person I wanted to be that I had hoped I could become. And I think in turn, that's at the core of everything that CTC does. It's our programs, the how is holistic development, but the why is empowering relationships and giving people an opportunity to be listened to, to be heard. What is it that they want to be? Who is it that they want to become? And what is a vehicle that they can do that in? And the life jacket is a perfect example. We're talking with Zane Wildman, the founder and executive director of Comfort the Children International, uh, who's joining us today from Austin, Texas. CTC International, an organization that empowers children in Kenya 
through economic opportunities. And um, Zane, we want to hear in more detail about the circle of education, environment, economy, health, and community that you just mentioned, how those are inextricably interlinked parts of community and, and in, in your work that you address every day. We'll take a quick break, but we'll stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Spicely Organics offers more than 200 different organic spices and dried herbs to choose from. Classics like oregano and cumin, exotics like aji amarillo, and blends like tikka masala. Spicely helps nourish your body while embracing sustainable, eco-friendly, and ethical practices always. Take wellness into your own hands and creativity into your own kitchen. Spicely Organics, teas, spices, and dried herbs at your natural food store and online at spicely.com. Back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic today is economic empowerment, life jackets for disparity. As half of the world's population lives off of $1 a day, organizations like Comfort the Children International and their founder and executive director, Zane Wildman, who's joining us today from Austin, Texas, are changing opportunities and changing communities through empowerment, economic empowerment, in this case, of really simple projects that have a huge and far-reaching effect on that community. Uh, again, he's joining us today from Austin. Um, Zane, are you with us on the line? I am, Helga. Great. Great. Wonderful hey, to have you. Zane, before we went on the break, we were, we were talking about this idea of the circle of education, environment, economy, health, and community. Can you walk us through how they're connected? How does it work? What does it look like when, you've ha when you bring all of these together um, in your projects? Sure. I mean, like a concrete, a concrete recent example of another program that we started uh, is our waste management program. 
And uh, in the town that we work in, about 80% of the youth uh, can't afford to go to our equivalent of high school. And so a lot of them are standing around idle, and we've got a thriving youth program. And, you know, trash is littered, you know, everywhere. And uh, there's no waste management program in many of these developing countries' cities. And there's not one in my Mayhew. And so we had these issues of these students can't afford to go to school. um, They can't afford health care. They're surrounded by trash and open sewage and, you know, deteriorating the environment. What's a way that we can start something that's providing opportunity as well as addressing some of the multitude of issues? And so we started the first waste management company in the town. And we're employing our youth uh, that now have jobs, cleaning up the environment. It's educating the community members about sanitation and how to care for your environment. And it's also providing multiple levels of community um, amongst the, the team members, you know, that are on the waste management team. Uh, there's this great sense of, of uh, community amongst themselves, but then also the members in the community who are paying for the service. Many people in the community realize this is, this is a, a growing, growing issue. And uh, so it's providing a sense of community of one another who can identify with what, you know, environmental issues are important to them. Yeah, so how is it supported? So it's supported. So you, know, you have the economic component that the community members pay for the service weekly. And then it's providing education and what we're doing and, and cleaning up and cleaning up the community. It's self-sustaining. In oh, that fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about some of the products. We introduced the coffee sleeve, and I know you guys have various other products that are created by the communities in Africa that you sell. Who came up with the idea of the coffee sleeve in particular, since that's kind of catching a lot of attention here? And how how is it making a difference? How does something that small make such a big difference? The difference uh, is huge. <laughs> the life jacket came from one of our staff members here at CTC. The original product that we started with was a bag, was what the, the moms you know that we got started on and then we were like well let's come up with a name for it what's a catchy name and you know the idea was that what we want to do is create a product line that can employ more people in the community especially the moms with children with special needs and uh, so we named it life because it's life enhancing products and then the life jacket was born fairly recently and the impact I mean just some quick stats we went from nine moms that were employed and our current employment is uh, around 60 moms employed in the program just making the the canvas bags and coffee sleeves and we're expanding production from bags jackets to change purses and beaded bracelets as well oh nice yes on on your website um you have you know ornaments and jewelry and life jackets of course the coffee sleeves and bags among other things um that website is ctcinternational.org if people wanted to support your work and support those communities by making a purchase. Is that how you keep CTC afloat as well? Or what's your what's your funding source for the organization itself and your travels and your staff? It's expanded over the years, but we have uh, five pools of funding. It's one of the things I think is, you know, causes CTC to stand out a bit is that it doesn't leave us solely dependent upon donor funds. You know, we have the traditional pool of, do- of donors. Grants is another source of funding for the organization. We also take teams on a regular basis. I mean, this year alone, we'll have taken around uh, 70 to 80 individuals with us on teams to Kenya. Then there's the Lifeline, the sell of the products in stores like Whole Foods or another local company there in the Bay Area is 
Zazzle purchases the jackets and the bags. And then we have the office space that we have here in downtown Austin is also a, a garden that we rent out to other nonprofits for an affordable space for them to have events and fundraisers. And it's also a hot spot for weddings. And so those five pools of funding really allow us to keep a steady, healthy balance throughout the year. And of course, we want to hear about the direct impact, the results of your work, some stories that you've witnessed personally of how much difference it makes when you say from nine to now 60 moms helping to sew those life jackets, those little coffee mug sleeves. The impact is amazing and uh, goes throughout the entire community. And we want to hear more about that. Again, with us is Zane Wildman, the founder and executive director of Comfort the Children International, an organization that he founded in the year 2000 after traveling through Africa and seeing the disparity in Africa and finding simple solutions with a huge impact for those communities through economic empowerment. Zane, stay with us. It's time for the weekly update of what's going on in the world of produce, organic produce, with our very own produce experts. Here's Mark Mokehi. are talking about heirloom tomatoes, Earl. Mm. Can you even believe it? We're here on the phone with Earl Herrick, Earl's Organic Produce in San Francisco Marketplace. Earl, heirloom tomatoes. I think we are finally at that place in the country where everybody has them pretty much locally. Would you think that's true? Oh, no kidding. I think you go anywhere, whether it's a restaurant, a farmer's market, your local retailer, your back, uh, you know, your own garden. It's The production is... We're right in the middle of it now, and what's funny about that is that when you talk to people as the summer starts in June, I think most people start going, oh, tomato, tomato time. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, it's true, though, yeah. we, because we want it to be. Yeah, I think so. Good tomatoes don't happen until the end of August and September. You know, they, you know, they need a little bit of a cool night to, to develop that flavor. And so, you know, in the middle of the summer, you know, they haven't developed yet, and, and it's too hot. But as soon as you get a little long, a little shorter day uh, past, past the equinox, they start flavoring up, and bingo, this is when you get them. And it's been a great year. When I say great, it, it, it's, it's been a great and also different for different areas. Because we've had, in California, I'm going to talk about right now, the, the heat, we've had a, about a two-week heat wave back in August, which brought the product on really fast, brought the harvest on, and, and made a huge supply. And that, I think that's going to bode to the point that uh, in September, October, we're going to have a little lower supply. We could see some prices spiking, um, but the quality will be great. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, then right now, is the yeah. time for people to be buying them if they want to still get those deals on them. I, you know, I've seen them for as low as two ninety nine in the market yeah. in my travels. And so if people want them, they should be definitely getting them. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Right now is the time. This is because we're, I think we're going to see some higher prices as the season goes on. And, you know, this is really the time wherever you live is to be buying them because heirlooms don't ship well. They need to be uh, fully ripened really to really get that wonderful flavor and sugar that we like. So enjoy them now. Get them a little firm, not too soft, but eat them when you, buy them when you want them. 
and, you know, and yeah, buy, eat them uh, three or four days later. And you know, Earl, one thing that is uh, heirlooms are great for is for making like salsa and sauce. And so I guess this is the time if you're planning on uh, doing some canning or putting up some any of those types of things, then now would be the time to buy them. And I understand that you are kind of now getting into the mix of making salsa. What's up with that? Yeah, what is up with that? Well, you know, we've been a, we've been into the heirloom, uh, heirloom business since uh, the late 80s and working with some of the, the earliest, I, I guess you would refer to them as pioneer growers, and we've finally taken on of the development of our own salsa, and, and it's, it's going to be a 14-ounce limited edition in season only. It's going to be fresh, so you're only going to see it in um, late August, September, October, as long as there are tomatoes. We're not going to store it or freeze it so it's going to be a pretty unique item we're very excited about it and just initially it's only going to be sold in the san francisco bay area so if one of our listeners from in many other parts of the country want it they're going to have to take a trip down to uh, san francisco in order to get it right right now yeah in the bay area is where you're going to find it and if they might as well they might as well come down and buy it from you direct and then they could just come to the market take a little tour and uh, buy fresh heirlooms and fresh salt say hello to us in the studio just come by say hello to us in the studio <laughs> but that's exciting earl, earl that's it's all organic, of course, and does it come under Earl's Organic? It will be under our, it will be our first item under our label, Earl's Organic, and every item, will, every uh, ingredient is organic except salt because you can't find organic salt. I don't think there's any such thing. Yeah, it's excluded from the organic rule. Actually, salt and water are not certifiable. Yeah, great. I don't think so, I've ever seen an heirloom tomato salsa before, let alone an organic one. And I'm kind of like, a, I could eat chips and salsa one. every single let day. Let alone so. have you eaten so, one. So your, your, supply, <laughs> your supply is safe, Ro, because Sita will yes. buy all of it. <laughs> <laughs> found out in our research too we didn't we we never found any and you know with the flavor the full flavor that the heirloom tomato has you know we are very excited about this so great and earl just one last quick can, can you tell us just a couple of the retailers who might be carrying it in the san francisco bay area yeah if you go down south of san francisco you're going to see it in the in the new leaf stores all around santa cruz we're going to you're going to see it in the east bay around berkeley and berkeley bowl and probably also the Berkeley and El Cerrito Natural Stores. I think everybody has their favorite. Sita, Helga, do you have a favorite heirloom that you particularly like? Heirloom, yeah. Oh, all heirlooms. <laughs> That's what I was going to yeah. say. Well, you know, I mean... No, crimson, black, black... Uh, uh, black cramp. Beautiful, um, yeah. I like... Wh- brandy wine. Brandy wine. That's brandy my, wine. Yeah, I love brandy wine. Oh. And so uh, Sita likes a brandy wine. Helga likes a uh, black creme. Uh, a lot of the red heirloom tomatoes, like brandy wine or astupas, are pretty sweet heirlooms. And then there's the there's green and there's white varieties like the green zebra, which tend to be tart and a little bit bitter. But it's not a bitter that turns your taste buds off. It's a bitter that turns your taste buds on. So, and then other ones like the black creme have a really kind of salty flavor, but it's a perfect mixture of salt and sweetness almost. And then another favorite of mine, like the black creme, is a purple Cherokee that has a smoky sweet flavor. So when you're looking at them, they're all going to be different and you really just have to try them to really know what you're, what you like. You want to make sure that if they have any cracks in them, they are going to be misshapen. They're not going to look perfect. But if they have any cracks in them, you want to make sure that those cracks have healed or sealed over. You don't want them open and fresh because that gets them, they're subject to bacteria that way. And then you want to make sure you handle them with care. As a matter of fact, if you go to the store or the farmer's market, ask them to put each of your different heirlooms in separate bags. And I know that seems a little wasteful, but you'll be glad you did it when you got home because they didn't all bang together. Once you get them home, you definitely need to eat them within a few days. And you want to 
Never put them in the fridge, which you've heard me say hundreds of times. But you want to store them around 55 or 65 degrees out of the direct sunlight and with, keep their stems attached. Why I'm saying that is really important. So Helga, Sita, why, when you get your tomatoes home, how do you store your tomatoes? Do you show them stems up or stems down? Oh, stems down. Stems down? I'm just taking a total yeah, right. guess. Sita, how, does it, <laughs> how do you do it at home? I put them stems up on the counter. That's how I store so mine. So it's most common for many of us that we put our tomatoes stem up. The interesting thing is, is that recently there were some studies done on storing tomatoes. And they found huh. that if you stored them on a flat surface stem down, they would last longer and break down less <sighs> quick. Yes, yes, that's right. Of course, yeah, of course, it's because Helga was doing it that way. They think that's that, where the study was conducted. Yeah, in Helga Helga's did the study. Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> they think that it's because it allows less bacteria and moisture to get into that that uh, exposed stem. In it's also good if you buy them with stems on that calyx to leave it on, and then that helps to keep bacteria out of your tomatoes too. So. Go out and enjoy some heirlooms. Cook, eat, get juicy and drippy with them, and um, and leave those and put those stems down towards the uh, counter. And if it's a black creme, make sure it's a really good one, so it's a black creme de la creme. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that joke, Calga? Yeah, Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's been, he's just been grinning ear to ear, waiting for it, to, waiting for me to stop. <laughs> Yes, and that's Mark Mokehi with What's in Season. Thank you, Mark. Great. Every week, the update of the world of produce. We're talking with Zane Wildman, the founder and executive director of Comfort the Children International, uh, who's joining us today from Austin, Texas. CTC International, an organization that empowers children in Kenya through economic opportunities. And we'll be right back with more. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. I got my eyes on you. You're everything that I see. I won't show high love and emotion. Endlessly, I can't get over you. You left your mark on me.
We are talking about economic empowerment, life jackets for disparity. With us on the phone from Austin, Texas, is Zane Wildman, who founded Comfort the Children International, CTC International. So, Zane, you gave us a little bit of a glimpse into how this works with education, environment, the economy, health, and community. But what does it really look like? Can you tell us what's it like in Kenya? You know, what what is the real impact that, that this work is having? Basically, like just some general stats, you know, I mean, it's the unemployment rate in the community where we work is around 80%. The average Kenyan lives on less than $2 a day. The community where we are, it's about an hour northwest of Nairobi. It's on the major artery, the major thoroughfare of East Africa. So all trade, any goods that are coming in to the port into Mombasa, and they're, if they're going to go up to Uganda, Ethiopia, Sudan, they come through our town. It's on the major trade route there. And it's also nicknamed the AIDS Highway because HIV spreads like wildfire from the truck drivers stopping in from town to town to town along this trade route. Our town in particular, it's also one of the major tourist routes. Over a million, they estimate approximately a million tourists pass through our town every year going to the safari parks, whether it be, you know, Maasai Mara or Lake Nakuru or Mount Kenya and the Abadair Mountains. They come through our town. And so there's quite a bit of activity, but again, 80% unemployment rate. So just, you know, tremendous, tremendous needs. What economic um, opportunities are there? Like, is there any agriculture or what if people were to picture it, how big is the town and what is currently a, sure, a form yeah, of... The town, the town has grown rapidly. I mean, when I first entered into Mai Maihu in, in 2000, the population was around 20,000. And they estimate that it's uh, up near 60,000. Uh, present day. It's in the Rift Valley, and so most of the Rift Valley is very arid, very dry. It's kind of the Kenyan desert, so water is a tremendous mm. issue as well. So not only are there an absence of jobs, if there's no rainwater, the situation gets very desperate. And out of the 60,000 people, we heard from you during a break earlier that CTC plays a significant role as an employer. For sure. Yeah. I mean, what started out, you know, in 2000 is just a two-man operation. Jeremiah and myself doing this for no money at all. CTC has now grown to being the largest employer in the community. Direct employment and through income-generating projects, uh, CTC employs up near 600 people. Wow. And so they, that gives us, you know, 600 of the 60,000. I think the next closest employer to us is a local police department that has around 50 employees. So it's, it's, it puts us in a really great spot to be a significant influence in the community. And what is some of the impact that you've seen? What are some of the, what, can you give us some of the stories that you've actually seen the impact of your project having on the individuals and, and the families who are living in that community? Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, specific stories like the woman who, if you go into Whole Foods here in the next couple months and see some of our products on sale, you'll see on the tags, uh, a woman named Susan and Jerry. Just her story alone is powerful. She has, you know, seven kids. Her husband was kind of a casual laborer. Job, you know, income was scarce. Now she's able to purchase her own plot of land. Uh, they've been able to pay to bring electricity in, have purchased cows and goats. She has her own personal sewing machine where she's able to do projects in her own home. Her, her daughter, Teresa, is enrolled in CTC's special needs school. 
um, and is around a supportive community. And that's just one, you know, of the 600 staff members at CTC whose life has been radically, radically changed. And it's a common story. Zane, how do you deal with the cultural differences in a, in a foreign country such as Kenya? The legal department, the labor department, as a nonprofit, for you, as ambitious as this was, now employing 600 people and being the largest employer, what is it like? What do you have to observe? I'm, I'm sure you had to study the customs, but really, can you ever? Is this trial and error? How do you learn this? A lot of error, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I, uh, I kind of err on, this, on the side of being authentic, just you know, being who you are. And so doing that has gotten us really close to, to a number of people, but we've also offended uh, a lot of people, sure. and that may be partially because I'm a Texan, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we've, we've had a good time doing it, you know, and it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to think how little uh, you can know about, you know, other human beings on the other side of the world and once you engage their culture, and I'm constantly learning learning new things. We work closely with the Maasai community that have quite a bit of fame uh, in the world because of their you know, infamous with wearing the red blankets and hunting, you know, a tradition of hunting lions to graduate their warrior classes. And they're one of the larger tribes in the area that we work. And we're employing around 400 Maasai doing these bracelets uh, that are going to be in Whole Foods uh, this fall as well. And it's just, you know, spending time out there with those people, it, it's const they're constantly giving us grace because uh, I know we're constantly stepping on their toes and blundering our way through. But it's, it's a great exchange. People there are so gracious to us, and we try to do the same in return. And, and you know, it's kind of that friction of the shared culture. And what we've really tried to do is create our own CTC culture so that we're not overly sensitive to the Kenyan culture and we don't try to make them overly sensitive to the U.S. culture. We've tried to find the common ground of what's the CTC culture? You know, what does it mean to be a team member of CTC and kind of pioneering this change in Kenya? And so that doesn't require like cowboy boots or cowboy hats or anything like that, of does it? Of course it does, Mark. Of <laughs> yeah, no That's player, what it's man. all about. <laughs> yeah. they, have to, they have to listen to Willie Nelson. To <laughs> yeah. part of, the deal. of course you have to listen to Willie. <laughs> We're talking with Zane Wildman, the founder and executive director of CTC, which stands for Comfort the Children International, who's joining us from Austin, Texas. Um, Zane, stay with us. We're taking another quick break, but we do want to hear how, how this worked now after 12 years and having become the largest employer of that town in Kenya has changed you personally and how people can get involved and support your amazing work in that okay. part of the world and actually here as well. So stay with us and we'll be right back with more. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. Spicely Organics' emphasis has long been on the natural health benefits of organic spices. And now, Spicely is excited to share more health benefits with the introduction of their hand-blended organic teas. Choose from black, green, white, mate, oolong, 
pu'er, and herbals blended with their signature spices like vanilla rooibos, sweet turmeric, and honey lavender. Spicely Organics, teas, spices, and dried herbs at your natural food store and online at spicely.com. about the good things to come and I believe it could be something good has begun oh I've been smiling lately dreaming about the world at one and I believe it could be someday it's going to come cause out on the edge of darkness there rides a peace train or oh, peace train take this country Come take me home again yeah, I've been smiling lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, peace train sounding louder And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Today's hour is all about economic empowerment Life Jackets for Disparity. We're talking with Zane Wildman, who's joining us from Austin, Texas, and who founded in 2000 an organization that has now become the largest employer in a small town of 60,000 people, actually not that small, in Kenya through smart and simple solutions of integrating local labor and giving them an opportunity to create economic prosperity that literally changed the lives of many in that town and has an effect even here on us in the United States. And we'll get back to that interview in just a minute. But first, here's our very own Sita Rani Palomar, Chef Sita, with her holistic bite. Well, thank you, Helga. Rarely have I come across a person who doesn't like the tomato. And I mean, there were so few things not to like here. They're sweet, they're savory, they're juicy, they're silky, and it makes everything seem really fiery. I think that the energy of a tomato is really fierce and provocative. And more often I find people who are just counting down the weeks and even then the days until tomatoes finally return to the market. And we learned in what's in season that they are finally here. So now becomes the mad dash to consume as many tomatoes as we can before the all too brief heirloom season passes us by. So here are some tips. For those of you who don't want to eat your weight in tomatoes this month, but anticipate that you'll regret you didn't when they're gone, I've learned some really helpful suggestions from chefs in colder climates about what they do to extend the life of seasonal items like tomatoes. And what they do with their tomatoes is they'll take the raw tomato and they'll cut it an X, score an X in the bottom of it, and then freeze it. And what that does is then when they want to eat it later in the year, they can pull it out of the freezer and just drop it into a pot of boiling water and because they've already scored the bottom the peel will loosen up and it makes it really easy to remove and then use it like a fresh tomato in soup and sauces. So I thought that was really clever for you to be able to continue enjoying that flavor much past when you can actually get it fresh but it's still as fresh as possible. And if you're really inspired to take the time to make lots of tomato based sauces now you can freeze them for later 
in the year. So things like pomodoro marinara sauce or enchilada sauce or tomato soup, any of those things you could make now and put into a mason jar and freeze so that when that craving hits you later in the winter, you have those things and they are still as fresh as possible. So if you want to freeze them in mason jars, I love freezing things in glass because anytime you hold something in plastic, you worry about the the phthalates and the toxins and things getting into the food. And of course, that's minimized when temperature and things are slowed down. But if you can do it in glass, it's better. The thing about glass, though, is you have to be careful when you make a sharp temperature change because the glass can crack. So if you buy mason jars that have a wide lip, like the the top of it is is a wide, not narrow, and you leave a couple inches of headspace, you can put it into the freezer and allow for that liquid to expand without shattering your glass. And there are also temperature-sensitive glasses, glasses that have been treated in a way, not unnaturally, but to allow them to withstand the temperature difference. So those are some tips to enjoy this outside of its season. And um, my recommendation, if you're going to do that kind of work, is to work with a local organic wholesale distributor because if you want to enjoy those tomatoes and you want to buy a lot now, you get the best price if you can buy them in bulk. So And you'll enjoy these health benefits all year long because tomatoes are super high in antioxidants from their concentration of lycopene. They are really heart-healthy ingredients helping with cardiovascular fitness and rich in vitamin C. So when you want that tomato soup to help beat that winter flu, you've got it available to you. And that's this week's Holistic Bite. Thank you, Sita. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we are speaking with Zame Wildman, the founder and executive director of CTC, Comfort the Children International out of Austin, Texas, who is helping in economic development uh, in a small town in Kenya. Zane, you talked about the impact your work has, uh, CTC now being the largest employer in that town and the effects on the families on th- of the individuals and on the, on the overall community. Can you talk in more depth about the products? How can people support you? Absolutely. I mean, the way, the way people can definitely get involved supporting CTC is going to be pretty immediate. If there's a Whole Foods near you, we're going to have specific coffee reserve coffee blend in Whole Foods now it's called Cafe Ubuntu. And Ubuntu originates from the Bantu tribe, and it was Archbishop Desmond Tutu's kind of philosophy during apartheid in South Africa. And it basically means I am because we are, about the interconnectedness of all humanity. Mm. And so it's uh, called Cafe Ubuntu, the Ubuntu blend, and it's just showing the interconnectedness between the customers here in the Western world and the people in Kenya that are making product. And then also the people in East Africa that are harvesting the coffee beans that are in Cafe Ubuntu. And then, of course, our life jackets will be right there next to, next, uh, next to the Cafe Ubuntu. Congratulations on that, on that partnership. That's wonderful to have Whole Foods really support the coffee and the life jackets. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, and, and, you know, Allegro, uh, which is within Whole Foods, Allegro has been an amazing partner as well. And they'll be launching three new products starting in October uh, we'll have a change purse called the Life Change, uh, beaded bracelets called the Life Band, and then uh, tote bags called the Life Bags. So that's another you're, way. You're talking about some products, the other products you have. What are the materials uh, that are like that you're making the little beaded band out of? Is that something that's local there that you're using, or what? Where does your where does your materials come from? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that CTC is really striving to do. Where 
know, there, there are definitely a lot of products out there that have a purpose, but one of the things we're trying to take it that step further and using as much locally sourced material for those products as we possibly can. One of our partners for all the canvas, you know, like the life jackets and the bags and the change purses, it's all East African cotton that the canvas comes from. And then the leather that is sourced with the bracelets is all local. We're still working on where we can get the local, locally, at least African sourced beads. And then we're, we're coming up with some creative ways, like on the change purse with the zippers and uh, the key ring. Currently, it's coming from Asia, but we're working with a local artisan who melts down old car engines and makes jewelry. And so we're oh, trying wow. to get creative with him to be able to utilize the metal pieces <laughs> so uh, locally as well. That's amazing. You know, something I love about this is what I said at the beginning of the episode, which is that these make really great gifts. And whether it's because the holidays are coming up or you've got a friend whose birthday is nearby or you're looking for something really unique to give as a housewarming present, anything like the bags and the change purses, the beautiful blankets and wraps that they have online in their store that are being made there in in Africa with CTC International to kitchen tools. I mean, it's such a unique thing. It has a it has a double meaning to it. It keeps contributing and I, I think I think it's so practical too to be able to keep a life jacket in your wallet and then every time you get a cup of coffee, you don't have to get a piece of cardboard too. Yes. Exactly. We exactly. all we all need life jackets. And of course, Zane, you are taking donations to CTC directly as well. Yeah, if people want to contribute financially. Absolutely. Yep. So that website are easily uh, made uh, via our website. Yes, CTC International is a nonprofit, and the website is ctcinternational.org. Zane, we're almost out of time, but I do want to ask, how has this work over the last 12 years? It started on a, as as a personal journey. How has this work now, you know, made you the person you are today? Yeah, still on the personal journey for sure, Helga. I mean, I it's opened me wide. Uh, wide open it's definitely made me just uh, more aware of the interconnectedness of all of all of us, whether it be our fellow human beings or also just the environment. You know, and that's where we try to be resourceful using locally sourced materials on our products. But in all, it's just made me more open, more thankful, and appreciative for for what I have around me, and just that recognition that it's the people, especially the people in Kenya, that have changed me and made me who I am today. Amazing how it goes both ways. The more meaning we create in the world around us, um, so do we create meaning in the world inside of us. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. Thank you, Zane. Again, that's. Zane Wildman, the founder and executive director of Comfort the Children International, ctcinternational.org. Wonderful work in Kenya through economic empowerment, life jackets, and coffee now also featured at Whole Foods. And check out the website, ctcinternational.org, for great gift ideas. Wonderful to have you. Thank you for all your work. And um, yeah, pleasure to be talking with you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks, Zane. Thank you, Zane. Bye-bye now. Uh -huh. I kept going back to when I was listening to Zane about his journey and about how he bought a one-way ticket to go teach in Kenya. And so he had no idea that he would end up meeting <laughs> his friend and Starting creating this, creating the CTC. And, <laughs> uh, and he, uh. it not only profoundly changed him, but that enabled him to profoundly change other people's lives. And so sometimes on that journey, that one-way ticket may not be to where you were thinking that it's going to go, huh? Yes, beautiful. Well, I love one-way tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you sure yeah, do, don't you? Yeah, there's something about that. Yeah, that's how I came. Mm -hmm. okay.
came with a one-way ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, you talk a lot about your desire to be more present Mm -hmm. in this world and in this lifetime. And I think that when you are really present, that's when these opportunities present themselves. This wasn't what he was looking for, and he found it. And now it's become such a fulfilling endeavor in so many ways. But it, it requires a certain amount of awareness to what's happening around you in order to be open to the miracle. And the desire to be open to it and yeah. and present with it. Yeah, I can completely relate right now. And I'm I just I'm so flabbergasted. See, when you said you know what those little gifts do here in the United States, the infrastructure we have created through those initiatives and nonprofits, such as the one Zane created, we can walk into a Whole Foods store or other stores and and buy a little coffee sleeve as a sweet little you know one dollar item, and it literally changes the town, the community halfway across the globe. That is just mind-boggling to me. <laughs> and we all get to do it. You know, sometimes it can be buying something, or sometimes it could be making something for somebody, or just offering somebody a, a glass of lemonade. Sometimes it's those little profound gifts that really make the difference. Yeah. It just reminds me Beautiful. that our purchasing power is is so much more than we realize. Yeah, it's sometimes. a dollar, right? And those sleeves. So how much? A dollar. Yeah, a dollar. And CTC is now the largest employer of that town in Africa. That's just amazing. It's amazing. And that that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.